How to Coach Your Team to Own Improvement. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you, my friend. How are you? Man, I am doing terrific, and I, we've got some really cool things to talk about today. I can't wait. This is the podcast where um, you give a little, it's not really a big secret, mm-hmm. but it really is the way to change culture and improve your business, right? No question. And it it's a little more than other, it's not just, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's not just a training thing of the month. This mm-hmm. is really impacting um, people and their development. Yeah. The clients that I work with, it changes their culture and they're a completely different organization if we work with them. I love doing it. I love working with these organizations and it's just, it is just absolutely fun. So this is what I'm going to continue to do the rest of my uh, natural uh, working life. It's just, unfortunately, I found this uh, technique much longer in my life than I wanted so to. So we got be. another 80 years of this podcast. <laughs> you got it, There's folks. no way. There's absolutely no way we can do 80 years. Uh, keep so tuning in. Keep tuning in. But today we're talking about how to coach your team to, to own the improvement. Ah. And I think this one is a great one. Uh, I was talking to a teller supervisor with one of my clients, and she had a conundrum because I do uh, the team coaching with some of the organization. I teach the C-level, the, the management level, the supervisory committee level. But I was also working, you know, this person called me up and said, hey, I've got a problem. Uh, they do consumer evaluations of the consumer scores. Oh, yeah. Okay. And lots of organizations do that. And her scores were good, but not exemplary. And okay. she wanted to get it to the next level. How do I get my team to the next level? She goes, we're talking about, we're talking about coaching being, getting the team to the next level. And, you know, how do we get them to that, that perspective? And so said, great, let's talk about that a second. And I said, okay, for the first thing you've got to start with is what data do you have? And she goes, well, I've got the surveys. Okay. On the surveys, what do you have? And she goes, well, we've got, you know, what the, the teller scores were for the interaction, you know, how okay. they've got that. And I said, what else do you have? And she goes, well, we've got comments. And I said, if you looked at the comments individually, she goes, no, I just met with the management team. They told me about it. Uh, I gave it, I haven't looked at the comments individually. Okay. So I said, what, from that, from that perspective, what do you want to do with the data and mm-hmm. what do you want to do with the comments? And so she thought about it for a minute because, again, I could tell her approach, right? I could tell her to do this or do this yeah. or this. But the key is to do what? Is Ask to them. have them to own it. Right? Absolutely. She's, for her to change it in her culture, she's mm-hmm. got to own it. And for her to own it, she's got to say, okay, what am I going to do with this information I have? What am I going to do with the data that I have? So, and, and this is a real typical um, situation where – you're a supervisor, manager, director, CEO, whoever. Someone right. up higher tells you, make this look better. Right. Everybody reports to yes. somebody. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a, it's a circular environment. Like right. in, in, in organizations I work with, the board of directors reports to the consumers. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the, if the if consumers don't keep coming, there's no reason for a board. There's no reason for a CEO. The CEO obviously reports to the board of directors. And, the board, and then the, the, the employees, the management team reports to the CEO. And then the, the consumers use the, you know, work with the employees and they use the services, the employees, it's, it's all circular. Yeah. So everybody reports to somebody. But right off the bat saying, don't worry, I will take care of this is not really the way to do it. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and give me an example of that. Give me some more background of that. Give me a, a perspective. Well, I of that. mean, just a supervisor, this maybe tries to um, increase some type of metric mm-hmm. and doesn't 
explain to the their team what they're trying to improve. That you know? is, absolutely. No, you are preaching to the choir. Yeah. I had a client recently and they wanted to improve their loan scores. Okay. And that's wonderful to improve your loan scores. But they said, we need to get that. We want to improve their loan percentage. They want to go from 8% to 11%. They go, went into our team and we told them we're at 8% right now. And by golly, we got to go to 11%. And that all sounds great. Mm-hmm. But from your team's perspective is, how do we do that? Right. And if we as a leadership team aren't giving them the how, we're just giving them a number then there's no way they're going to be able to achieve that. Right. And and I can't tell you the number of times I see that happening in organizations. They say, you know, we got to do that. We got to increase this number, this matrix or things like mm-hmm. that. That's fine. But then the other side of the coin is too, those people don't own it. There's no way yeah. they're going to get to that perspective. So this, so this person already knew to get the other people involved, but was asking for how to do that. Right. Right. I mean, she's a relatively new manager, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just graduated from college brand new to this environment Mm -hmm. going how do i do this and asking the inevitable questions of okay what do i do now that i'm faced with this situation and so i asked her i said okay you've got the data what do you plan to do with it and she goes you know i've heard that some managers actually produce you know publish the scores in the back room that all the employees get to see their check-in score Mm -hmm. i said great do you like that concept she goes yeah i said what do you think the downside is Mm, you know, there, there might be some, you know, jealousy or anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that happens, how would you plan to deal with that? She thought about it for a minute goes, probably have to have a conversation with the entire group. You know, these are the numbers and these are realistic. And so then she was able to kind of think about, okay, what are the consequences of this decision? Mm-hmm. You know, the unintended consequences that occur within when we make decisions. So she had to do that. Then, she needed to then have, uh, and I said, okay, what's your game plan next? Okay, you've got the numbers. You've looked at the survey results. Then how are you going to coach your employees? I mean, I literally wanted to lead her to how are you going to coach right, your employees. Right. So I said, how do you plan to coach your employees to have that discussion? And she goes, well, um, I want to sit with them and talk to them and ask them some questions about how do they think they could improve it. And I said, terrific. So... Um, what's the parameters of that discussion is going to be open-ended or is it going to be, you know, we're going to be, we're going to take responsibility for our actions or are you going to allow them to discuss other things outside their control? Yeah. And and that could be for an example, one of the things that she had, she had a story of a teller who got bad information from the loan department and, or excuse me, the collections department. So a member came in, a consumer came in, they're actually uh, delinquent and there was bad information on the file Mm. They talked to him about their delinquent loan. They already caught it up. They didn't, you know, put the right information in there. It wasn't it wasn't recorded correctly. And so then, you know, they go, that probably had an impact on our yeah. score. So the teller interaction was bad, but right. it had to do with a different department. Right. So then, you know, if we took that score out, how would overall scores look mm-hmm. with that number out based on that situation? So that way yeah. you can go to management and say, Hey, we've got. We're not trying to massage the data here, but we've got some legitimate concerns. Or if you're finding that happens a lot, right? Then you, you know, you you want to solve the problem at its root as opposed to right. You know, then you've yeah. got these two silos that you've got working. You've got the collections department. You've got the tellers. How do they communicate effectively so that members get great service? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a, an incredibly important question in the organization. How do you get them together and talking? And how do you how do you resolve this issue? Mm-hmm. So it may become an, a more important issue regarding that. But then then that allows her to then 
write those things down, have a list. Yeah. So she, when he goes to her manager, say, okay, I'm looking, I'm working at getting these numbers up. Here are some concerns that we have that we've got to work on. Yeah. And I think that's such an important key of doing that. But then I said, okay, how do you get your folks to own it? Because we've, you know, we've taken her through coaching for performance uh, by John Whitmore. We've taken her through uh, coaching for break, uh, coaching for breakthrough success by uh, Dr. Peter Chi and Jack Canfield, and we've talked about how to get people to own it. And the way to get them to to own it is just like the discussion I'm having with her. You know, I'm not giving her the solutions. I'm saying, what do you think the solutions are with mm-hmm. the data that you have, and what approaches do you want to take? And then, you know, obviously ask her what are the good, the bad, the ugly, the process. So then I said, do you have um, any examples of someone who has had a situation and they have turned it around? And she thought about it for a minute. She goes, no, I really don't. I said, okay, I tell you what. How about if we have this conversation tomorrow and I want your homework to be to go online and to find examples in business of someone who has turned something around (laughs) (laughs) out there in the world and what did they do? You know, and I said, don't read a book on it. You've only got a day. I says, go out there, search articles and do that. And so she goes, okay, we did. And so then we plan to have the conversation again later. And so when we had the conversation then again later, I said, okay, what'd you find out? And she goes, well, one of the things I found out is, and I was hoping she would find this because that's really what I wanted her to do, was uh, David Marquette, who wrote a book called Turn Your Ship Around or Turn the Ship Around. And he's with the Navy and he took over one of the uh, poorest morale uh, ships in the Navy. So, you know, a similar kind of scenario here. She's got poor service in her area and her responsibility. So how is she going to turn her ship around and do that? And I said, what did what did David Marquette do in order to turn his ship around? And she said he basically asked all all the sailors on the ship, which was literally hundreds. Uh, you know, she did the math on it. And if he would talk to every sailor for about 15 minutes and he asked them three questions and the three questions he asked him is, what do you like about the ship? What do you not like about the ship? And what would you change? Mm. And so when he did that, it, it literally took him over two weeks to talk to all, all the sailors, so probably two or 300 sailors. And he asked all of them that, and he wrote down their ideas. And then he used those ideas in order to change how the ship would operate and function. He would then share that with his management team. What do you like about the ship? What do you dislike about the ship? Right. And then what would you change? Mm-hmm. And then then you just get, I mean, you just when you ask open-ended questions like that, you just get a great discussion. Mm-hmm. And so I asked her, how many how many tellers do you, do you have that report to you? She goes, I've got five. So how long will that take? Yeah. She goes, maybe less than an hour and a half. I said, right. okay, if you could turn these numbers around and look like a rock star to your management team, is that hour and a half worth the investment? She goes, it's more than worth the investment. Mm-hmm. She says, I would like us to be one of the top performing branches in the entire organization. I said, that's a great goal. I said, number one, you've already got an advantage because trust me, everybody else in the organization has gotten these numbers and you're the only one to call me. Mm-hmm. You're the only one to ask the question, how do I improve it? So they're probably just taking their numbers and saying, oh, that's my numbers. Yeah, uh, We're fine. You know, we're good. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I want to move from being just average to being the best. And I said, that's exactly the question that David Marquette asked he, when he wrote the book, 
turn your right. ship around and what he did with his ship. So I think, and so I said, you know, go back and do that. And her process right now, and she's actually in the process of doing that, of asking the question, you know, what do you like about the department? What do you like about the check-in? What do you like about the, you know, ha- helping folks at the, at the counter? What do you not like? And what would you change? Well, w- what's interesting about um, trying to solve the, that particular problem and mm-hmm. trying to increase it, mm-hmm. you're actually asking the people who know more about how to do that <laughs> Than anybody. Than anyone in the world. Right. They're the experts. But how many organizations, I know I've been min- to mi- with many of them right. that are just, well, we told them to do this, and then we told them to do that. Right. And you didn't take this small amount of time to say, well, what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no guarantee that's the right answer. Right. But they're owning what it is, and that's almost half the battle. Yeah, and that's that's a huge aspect of the battle. and. Uh, you know, I'm kind of kind of going to put a, tw- a teaser in here for some upcoming uh, uh, podcasts that we're going to do. Uh, but I read a book recently, uh, Leading with Questions, by Di- uh, Michael Marquardt. And uh, he wrote a book called Leading with Questions. And so I've had the book for a while. Mm-hmm. And then we just did the podcast with Bob Tede. And he clearly, you know, got his pod or his, his website, you know, leadingwithquestions.com from the concept okay. of okay. of David Marquardt. And David Marquardt's book is absolutely excellent, and we're going to probably do another podcast about just one of his concepts in here in his book. But it really is leading with questions. And so what this teller is now doing is she truly is leading her department with questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the greatest way to lead. How do we as a group make this work? How do we collectively make this work? Well, I'm interested to see how this turns out. I am too. I, I wish we had the ability to tell people, here's the magic wand. Well, I, I'm convinced that that there will be improvement. Mm-hmm. There just simply will be improvement because right. everybody is part of it. Right. And I mean, that's your point of this whole this whole episode is right. have them own it and they're going to come up with the ways to, to solve the issue. Right. I mean, it's almost like the uh, story, and I know I've told this story in the past, but I just think it's a great story. I was uh, checking out one time at a, at a grocery store, I think, and I'm on okay. the road, and I'm just grabbing some stuff, and I'm just in a hurry, and I'm just, you know, I grab some stuff, want to grab some water and some snacks before I hit the hotel and try to get some sleep before I get up the next day to present. And while I'm there, it's a pretty big place. It's, I know we won't say big stores that got lots of checkouts, but it's yeah. one of those big places. Uh-huh. And uh, so anyway, the the clerk that was checking me out was just, you know, chatting, how's things going, blah, blah, blah. And so when someone like two aisles behind him, uh, she said, hey, David, I don't know what his name is, but hey, David, uh, you know, my uh, pass-through rate was what? He goes, what's a pass-through rate? She goes, how many items I pass over the in an hour? And he goes, interesting. She goes, I was top in the business. And I had like five or six things, and I could literally see the kid speed up. I mean, it was literally, you could actually wow. change, you could see the change in behavior right then and there. Uh-huh. So I think by this teller supervisor putting the numbers up and let everybody see them and know that those numbers are there, then that's going to change behavior. Mm-hmm. When I work with organizations, and I call this nirvana, uh, nirvana is not only when the numbers are posted, but when they ask or actually go onto the system, if there's a way to go online and check them out, there are numbers on their own. Yeah. and go out and check out the numbers. That's nirvana. When when it's no longer management telling them these are the numbers, but they really are out there searching out 
what are my numbers and right. how do I improve them? And I think that's the key uh, to the success because not only do they ask the, you know, not only are they asking themselves the question, this is the ultimate in ownership. You know, do you, what do you like about the ship? What would you not like about the ship? What would you change about the ship? But even a better question that we want them to do is what do I like about my level of service? What do I not yeah. like about my level of service? What would I change about my level of service? Mm-hmm. When we start owning it, that, that visceral level that it, we own it ourselves, when we are in the position of we own it, then we, then that's when we start to ask the question of how do we change our own behavior? Yeah. Like one of the things that I ask myself the question all the time, and my son had an interesting question just the other day about something and he was having a, <laughs> an issue with, and I wouldn't even go into the details, but he was going to, you know, go into a confrontation with somebody about that. And I said, Ooh. yeah, I was like, okay, let me ask you this. Will this behavior get you what you want? Right. And he goes, no, but I'll feel better. Well, <laughs> okay. What do you want? What do you want? If you want to feel better and that's your goal and you, and the consequences of that behavior are okay, then pursue that path. But ultimately the question ultimately has to be, will this behavior get me what I want? And if it won't get me what I want, then boom, you're, you're in, you're in serious right, trouble. Right. So he decided very wisely, I think I probably won't do that. And I, you know, that was a coaching moment from a dad. Yeah. Will this behavior get you what you want? Uh, rather than, I'm, you know, obviously I'm saying in the back of my mind, please don't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a really bad idea, but we have to coach our children too. Right. And that's why this tool is so powerful is because you can use it with your children. You can use it in business. You can use it everywhere to really make an impact in people's lives. And I just, I, I've just seen tremendous changes from it. And I know this teller supervisor, I'm betting money that in six months, her numbers are probably one of the best in the organization. Why? Because she's saying, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. How do I change it? How do I get my folks involved with it? How do we do this collectively as a team? And let's turn this ship around. Right. And, if, and she's already owned it. Absolutely. So she, that's big too. Right. She didn't, you know, she didn't give an excuse. Oh, you know. You know right. She owned it, and I'm incredibly proud of this individual, and you know, let her know that mm-hmm. I'm incredibly proud of her to to say this is the challenge that you know she's facing, yeah, and that you know she's going to turn it around, and she can, and and that's the key to management is is how can I change the behavior in my organization? You know, we're, our performance is here. Mm-hmm. How do we you know collapse that performance uh, gap? You know, the perform the uh, performance uh, formula. From Timothy Galloway in the book Inner Game of Tennis is performance equals potential minus interference. Well, there's some kind of interference in there. It can be it can be other departments, it can be other folks, it can be you know other things that are happening. That's interference. Okay, that's one point. But what's the interference that's happening with us? You know, are we not greeting folks well? Are we not smiling? Are we not making them feel comfortable? Are we not making them feel welcome? Um, I was talking the other day to a client. And uh, she had one of the highest uh, cross-sales ratios of any of the employees um, in the organization. And I said, what do you do? And she goes, I literally ask people, would you like a Coke or a water? <laughs> and I said, how many, how many of them taken? She goes, about 80%. And I said, wow. I said, you're using a tool called the law of reciprocity. Um, um, Robert Cialdini wrote a great book, Persuasion is the Art of Influence persuasion uh the art of influence and it's a great book and i highly recommend it but by by offering them water or coke and then when she got into a conversation with them because she they knew that that she cared and then when she got into them said hey i can help you with this or this or this guess what she had higher compliance because she'd already given them something and they feel (laughs) obligated to give her something back 
And I go, that is absolutely remarkable. And I was like telling everybody in the organization, everybody, make sure that everybody's had, you know. Did she just shrug her shoulders like that? I just, all I do is that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but she cared. She cared. That's I, it. I mean, she really cared. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to make sure her folks were treated very, very well. And I just think that's an extraordinary aspect of it. So, again, that's just another example of owning it. So, how to coach your team to own it and own the improvement is, you know, and just kind of highlight it now and just kind of recap what we did. You know, go through the data. What data do you have? Look at the numbers. Um, then you can post the scores if you like. Um, but make sure you ask folks to do that. And then I think the great question to ask your members of your team are, what do you like about the ship? What do you not like about the ship? And what would you change? And I think those are great questions to get feedback. But the important thing here is, too, is don't, you know, don't give listening lip service. And we could do a whole mm. podcast on just giving lip, uh, listening lip service where somebody says, okay, I'm going to gather this data, I'm gather this information, but you don't do anything with it. Right. Then that insincerity will catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. It will absolutely. really catch up with you. People will know that you're not doing it. So anyway, that's one of the things I want to warn yeah. people about. But those are the major factors of doing it. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing how this works out for yeah. her. So if um, another professional wants to be as smart as this person and contact you <laughs> right to find out more right about this process yep. how do they get a hold of you yeah they can get a hold of us at uh, royroland.com that's r-o-r-y-r-o-w-l-a-n-d.com we also have coaching manager university and that's an online program to learn these skills to basically have your entire organization learn how to do mm. this excellent all right Well, thank you, Rory. Thank you, Paul. What a good story, and we'll see you next time. You bet. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.